This is episode number 235, What is Vibrational Healing with Carlos Perez. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our weekly conversation, Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a weekly conversation hosted through LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships, and many other topics. If this is something of interest to you, please consider joining us at 10.45 a.m. every single Friday and ask questions, bring your insights, or share your perspectives as it relates to each and every single one of the topics that we choose to explore. The second announcement that I wanted to make is if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes or if this is your first time tuning in and you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these amazing and courageous conversations. Last but not least, if you have enjoyed any of our work or if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Carlos, how are you? I'm doing well, Oleg. How are you doing? I am doing well. I, I, like I said before, I'm still slightly mind blown by the fact that you and I shared the same birthday and yet we're sitting here, probably halfway across the country, <laughs> but able to share this space. It's, it's fascinating to come across people like that. And I don't remember if you mentioned this to me earlier or not, but have you ever met anyone who shares the same birthday as you do? So the funny thing is, is that when I came home uh, from the office that day, I was telling my wife about, you're not going to believe this, this conversation <laughs> today. And really, I was emphasizing these other parts. So we discussed. And then I said, and here's, here's the icing on the cake. He's my birthday twin. I've never met anyone <laughs> who has the same birthday. She said, what about my cousin? And I, and I thought for a moment, oh, that's right. I just somehow don't somehow have connection relation to that, probably because I was taking some notes when we were speaking. So when I, you know, was filling out that section of, of your birth date, it stunned me to such a degree to be typing the date of my birth as well, that that really uh, did something. And there was definitely some form of a, what I feel was like an energetic or vibrational shift in that moment. Um, Cause I do believe there's definitely, you know, energetic, uh, energetic relationships and chords that we have with people that we haven't even met yet. Mm -hmm. um, I think the day that uh, we came into this incarnation is one of those special moments that connects and threads uh, individuals across the globe. Mm -hmm. together. I do. I really do. How do you think that makes sense as far as the meaning and the purpose behind such encounters? 
because it sounds like it's more than just the meaning and the purpose that we as individuals are able to give to any of these moments. And I've also found throughout my own journey that there are certain people that I have met, which I wasn't able to, in the moment, pinpoint the exact reasoning for why I had come across the person's path. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years down the road, that person either comes back into my life or makes an introduction to me, which is like the exact introduction that I was looking for at the time. How do you personally process that? So it has certainly been one of those things, Oleg, that I would say for me in the last 11 to 12 years or so, I've aligned more with this notion that we come across and we meet people for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. And we're not necessarily always able to connect or understand the, the significance of those encounters, whether they were short-lived or for several years. But it is my deep feeling within every bone of my being that every single individual you come across is there to assist and support you in remembering some aspect of your life purpose, even if you're not conscious or aware of what that purpose may be. And even to, to follow up with that, I read a quote yesterday uh, that Steve Jobs uh, had said during a, I believe it was a Stanford commencement address about how we, we are never able to connect the dots when we look forward. Mm-hmm. We can connect the dots when we look backwards and we have to have a sense of a trust or hope from our guts, from our heart, that all those dots are connecting for a purpose, for a reason uh, bigger than us. And so I follow the breadcrumbs. It's something that I say often to people. I allow my thoughts to come in to figure out yes or no. And then I notice what I'm feeling and find some compromise between the two and off I go. And, and so here we are. And even as the program was beginning today, as you were making the announcements for the special event coming up, it is so perfectly fitting mm-hmm. because today is a, a memorial celebration to honor the life of my dear friend, coach and mentor who passed away uh, not too long after our conversation of a few weeks after and how gratitude has in fact been the key uh, attitude Gratitude is the key attitude that is allowing me to be in my grief from a place that feels healthy, functional, and supportive versus something that is crippling or paralyzing or destructive. Mm-hmm. So again, the synchronicities and the alignments of all of this is, we never talked about this. We never said, <laughs> hey, can you come around? This is just how it showed up. And I trust and surrender to that process as best I can. Some days are easier than others. I recognize that. But mm-hmm. when I can step out of the way a little bit, magical things will always happen. Always. Mm-hmm. And I think that directly ties into the theme, so to speak, that you and I were thinking of having a conversation around, and that's vibration and, and frequency. More yeah. closer to that. And I think everything that you just mentioned, my personal experience has been is that it has been about a frequency. It's been about tuning into a particular frequency that is, I I don't know how to describe it, whether it's within me, outside of me. And that's where I found that there is that sense of flow. And gratitude has actually been one of those tools 
that has helped me tap, tap into it even more. But I'm curious to hear from your perspective, A, when did you begin to understand that there is a frequency that you can quote unquote access? And then B, what difference did that start to make in your life once you were able to fully dive into that space? That's a wonderful question. And the big change for me, and looking back, certainly there were many times in my life where I would say I suspected there was something going on that I was not fully understanding or comprehending about life, about my role and purpose and reason for existing, and the way life unfolds. I would always see things as life just happening. Mm -hmm. And things really started to change around the time I went to college in the late 90s in the way that things started to unfold almost too easily so long as i was being consistent with noticing what my heart was yearning for and what my heart desired however the fuller understanding came to be uh, around 2010 2011 when i was first introduced to vibrational healing um, as a chiropractor and ways that i could utilize sound to support my practice and my patient care. And it was during all those uh, periods of study, of training and practice, that it became more and more clear that everything, absolutely everything, that which is both physical and non-physical, meaning um, the screens that we are looking on, the headphones we're wearing, our thoughts, uh, the words we speak to ourselves that apparently nobody can hear, all those things have a certain... Uh, rate of vibration or, or frequency. You know, that is the definition of frequency, the rate at which something vibrates. And when we can start to become more aware of our relationship to the various frequencies, the more we can actually empower ourselves to align with and become more dialed in. You know, the language is very interesting, right? We're dialing in like an old radio knob. Uh -huh. tuning in to a specific broadcast, which is, I believe, simultaneously internal and external, meaning there's something within you that you need to tune into, that you need to connect with, but that signal or that broadcast is also part of this collective, collective consciousness experience that we are all having simultaneously. Uh -huh. What would you say is that optimal frequency? This is a question that I've been dying for you to ask <laughs> because I, when you study sound healing mm -hmm. or, or other vibrational healing methods you you have to learn a foundation you have to learn a model and a system to to understand the principles and the concepts and then ultimately be able to apply it and most foundational systems even the ones that the listeners are aware of um, have this kind of linear concept to it that there's a low frequency here there's a high frequency here, and it's, it's a spectrum. And somehow it has been determined that perhaps there's a certain frequency which is good or better and one that is worse. Mm -hmm. And I always struggled with that concept because it didn't really resonate with me at all. How can there be so many billions of individuals and yet there's only one, one frequency that mm -hmm. makes everything okay? I believe it is all relative and relational. You know, those two words are pretty mm -hmm. similar, right? Relative and relational to the individual 
and where they are at in their life with how they are able to be with themselves, what they notice when they take time to be with themselves, and how they can be with their sense of of their why. You know, why am I here? Well, why did I come into this existence? And so the frequency may be one that is more aligned with needing to be more grounded to be able to uh, um, connect with that, or perhaps to be more compassionate, or perhaps to be grateful. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's just a single one. I believe they're all extensions of love, not necessarily as an emotion, but as a force, a force that is unifying and a force that is responsible for all creation and, mm -hmm. and support. So that's the that's the way I would certainly answer that and how I have answered it to clients who have asked me that question. How do you understand what love is? So this is where I go back to my shamanic roots and my shamanic training. Everything that we experience in life is about ownership and relationship. And for you versus me, being conscious of your ownership and relationship to love will be rooted in all the things that make you who you are, all your experiences. And when you can ask the, that question to yourself, you start then inviting a conversation with all aspects of your being to gain more insight or clarity and revelation mm -hmm. of what that answer really is. So if I were, as an example, it would be a matter of telling myself, you know, first I'd have to take time to make sure I'm in a place where I'm grounded and centered or relatively still, no distractions, preferably in nature, you know, feeling the rays of the sun on my skin, feeling the breeze on my face and take time to just be with myself, breathe and be and notice and allow myself to become aware of who I am and then from that place of relative stillness ask what is love and how do I know what love feels like and to be honest Olayden, mm -hmm. this is where we look at the whole layering aspect of life because the answer that you get in that moment may mm -hmm. change, may change, and may continue to change as you continue to change and become more aware of the various experiences you have with love and the different forms that we encounter it as human beings. It can be conditional, unconditional, romantic, platonic, familial, uh, about material things, immaterial things, and so forth. And I don't believe it's meant to be truly defined in a singular manner, because when we define, we confine mm -hmm. the experience and the opportunities that are available. And a question like that, how do I know what love is or feels like? That is not something that is for anyone else to say <laughs> what that answer should be for you. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just taking down some notes here. <clears throat> yeah. Because these are, I think these are great questions for me to explore as well as many of the other people that are listening. I'm curious though, when it comes to, and maybe you use this in nature as well, prior to us um, going live, you had tested um, some sounds that you have 
Do you use those when you're not in nature to create the same exact environment and space? I guess what I'm asking is, what is the difference between using uh, sounds like that compared to the natural sounds that you're able to receive by going outside and listening to birds? And it's a, it's a huge difference. You know, I, I honestly, with, with the different instruments that I have for sound healing, it's I can't hold a candle with any of them to the sounds that are created by nature. You know, here where where I'm at today. We have a brook that runs along the property and with all the snow melting that's been happening and the rains, the, the brook is running a lot stronger and the sounds from that brook just feel like they completely are cleansing mm -hmm. and washing away distraction, negativity, etc. I don't believe there's a substitute for nature. I believe we have different tools and instruments or technology. You know, some people find tremendous value in listening to nature sounds mm -hmm. online. And it's it's never going to be the same, exactly, exactly the same, but it still helps to evoke that connection to, you know, the the magic and the mystery of life. But the, the sounds that I have and the, you know, the tuning fork that I was using when we were getting ready is a way to, you know, indoors create... Um, create and bring that sense of presence and stillness. Mm. Would you be willing to demonstrate one of the things that you have at your disposal and kind of describe what it is that you hear and, and how it is that it is changing your own state of being? Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, if I may, before I answer or share mm -hmm. that, I want to actually mention this principle that has been used in sound healing and uh, offered and developed by a pioneer in the field named Jonathan Goldman, who would say that uh, frequency plus intention equals healing. In other words, everything has an inherent frequency, everything. And when looked Add it from a place of isolation, that frequency will have a certain effect based on its property of how mm -hmm. it's vibrating. But the moment the user or the observer or the recipient is bringing in an intention, it changes the equation. It's no longer a frequency-based healing. It's more of an intentional-based healing. Mm -hmm. And there's tremendous powers we've talked about with intention not simply as a desperation thought, but as a deep through your core alignment and connection with that presence within yourself of what mm -hmm. you are intending to create, because we're all creators. Mm -hmm. So this particular instrument is the easiest one to use in an mm -hmm. experience like this. This is an example of a tuning fork. And it's painted this color orange simply because it's part of a set from a, uh, a set of frequencies called solfeggio frequencies, which have a certain um, sound interval. You know, if we think of the a musical scale, the classic scale of do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, there's certain mathematic intervals and relationships between each of those notes. This note is from a different type of scale with different intervals. 
but it's used to produce an acoustic wave of sound, which is audible, and it resonates and vibrates at a frequency of 417 hertz, 417 hertz. And so in this particular practice of this technique, it was taught to me to be used specifically in a certain part of the body, in the area of the lower abdomen, the lower back, the top of the pelvis and the hips. And it's also helping to support the organs of digestion, the lower aspects of the large intestine, the bladder, reproductive organs, etc. And it's help it is used to help alleviate the stuckness that people can feel when there's guilt. Mm. That's how it was taught. And so, of course, as a new student, my feeling is, well, I guess I can only use this tool for that issue. <laughs> Over the years, I've learned that it's a frequency. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the driver's seat as well, and I can connect with an intention to provide a healing. Healing is not defined as the removal of disease or infirmity, but a state of inviting uh, a harmony or an equilibrium to allow us to navigate more fluidly through the ever-changing ebb and flows of life. Mm -hmm. so prior to connecting with you uh, today, I was playing this tuning fork. This is just a rubber puck. You need something to activate the fork, and it's not mm -hmm. as fun to just use your hand. <laughs> so, but my intention was to invite clarity and to invite an opening with my heart. So I took a moment with my feet on the floor, closed my eyes, set that intention, and then I activated the tuning fork. And that sound that we're hearing, I simply brought back and forth to each side of my ears mm -hmm. a few times. And within 15, 20 seconds, it felt completely quiet. Even just now, I felt a sense of because I get excited talking about this. Mm -hmm. excitation, excitation at a prolonged level is mm -hmm. not sustainable, my friend. Mm -hmm. And so we often need this kind of callback, kind of come back home, come back to center, come back to relative stillness, and then choose how you move from there. Can you explain more, or would you be willing to explain more behind what you mentioned as far as the healing that gets done to your organs and just the internal self through the sound itself. What does that mean exactly? So the easiest way to uh, attempt and explain this is that, as we said in the beginning, everything is producing its own sound or vibration. It's not mm -hmm. always audible, especially if it's outside of the spectrum of what we can hear, but everything is producing a vibration. And when there is any lack of ease or dis-ease, we could consider it as a distorted vibration, a sound that is not harmonious. And so altered function or dysfunction can be seen as a disharmony or a dissonance, okay? Yet the body, in its, in its infinite innate wisdom, has this ability to self-regulate, to heal, to, to take care of itself. But it, can, it often needs a little help. 
And so when we introduce sound with intention, we can actually provide an environment where now the body is in a way cocooned or supported by a frequency of sound with that intention that can help that body microtune itself back into a state of harmony or balance. And so most of the, you know, the, the studies or research that's been done around sound looks at how it helps to promote this relaxation response. And when the body is in a more relaxed state, the mind and the body in a relaxed state, all systems within can start mm -hmm. to regulate with more ease. And you combine that with some, um, some good, healthy, proper breathing techniques. And of course, the, you know, lifestyle components that support those organs, you can really create some, some powerful change. And the clients can do this themselves because, you know, you, we can all produce our own sound, Oleg. Yeah. We do it all the time. Even as we're talking, we just haven't necessarily, in this conversation, practiced the art of like toning or chanting, which is how you produce your own sound to kind of tune yourself up and support mm -hmm. and your physical body. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> There's another thing that you pointed out that I found to be fascinating or I'm genuinely interested by. And it's that concept of frequency that you just mentioned that the tuning fork is able to operate at compared to the frequency that I operate in in my day-to-day, -day, which I think is significantly higher than I think the 430 that you might have mentioned. And I'm, I'm curious, as far as your own experience goes, when you enter the outside world, so to speak, outside of your space where you're able to have one particular frequency and you go into the outside world, how do you navigate between the difference? Because in my opinion, I find it more challenging to be in the outside world because there are so many different frequencies within that. Mm -hmm. In a car compared to one of the trash trucks, very different. One is significantly louder than the other. How do you navigate that? And then how do you bring yourself back? That's an amazing question. I'm so glad you asked that. So truth be told, uh -huh. when I first started practicing uh, with sound healing, it's as if I had to go through a certain level of detoxification and then recalibration. Because here I was, you know, six something hours a day, striking a tuning fork, using a singing bowl or a drum. And I was feeling it quite a bit. But over time, continuing to use these frequencies, it's as if I created a, a stronger resilience to not necessarily be disrupted uh -huh. in the presence of certain frequencies, whether those frequencies were other people and their thoughts and their energy, um, automobiles, motorcycles, things like what you've said. Um, and at the time, of course, pre-COVID, you know, being in large spaces, large gatherings, things like yeah. that. So it is, in fact, our responsibility, I believe, to keep our house in order. And by that, I also mean keep ourselves in awareness of where am I at right now? And I don't say necessarily of where am I vibrating, because that's going to always bring the mind to low or high. 
And as I said before, it's a slippery slope when you think that low is bad and high is good. Uh, is that when you look up the word vibration, one of the definitions is that it's just, it's an emotional state. So, of course, <laughs> to say I'm in a low vibration probably means you're in a funk. You're not feeling great or, or more so. You're depressed. You're anxious. Something. And high means I'm great. I'm empowered. I'm alive. But I can I can give you a list of many things in, in, in life where high is not necessarily better uh -huh. and low is not necessarily worse. Blood mm -hmm. pressure, heart rate, cholesterol. <laughs> I had a teacher who would say, I really struggle with this whole with this whole idea of you got to raise your vibration. You got to raise your vibration. I understand where that comes from. And I'm not telling you to be sulking 24-7 and you'll be fine. I'm saying bring yourself to center. Your center, your still point, your neutral point allows you to be in more of a harmony and balance between all the different frequencies that are around you. But you have to make that conscious choice and effort to first find, where is that for me? Mm -hmm. Because for some people, Oleg, listening to something that perhaps feels melancholic or sad brings them to center. For other people, listening to really quick upbeat things whew, brings them to center. And that can change from one day to the other, from one moment to the other. So for me, it always starts with breathing. If I'm not conscious of my breath, there is no way I'm going to bring myself to some sense of center, regardless of you know what I'm exposed to. If I'm mindful and conscious of my breathing, then I'm now bringing that recognition to where am I now internally. Mm -hmm. and if I stabilize my breathing, I can start shifting out of a stress response or a fight or flight or freeze response. And then from there, I can choose what thought, what word, what choice, which are all frequencies, can I connect with and align with and generate such as gratitude. Gratitude mm -hmm. is a thought. Gratitude can be a word. And there can be conscious physical practice of gratitude. Now you've aligned with an emotion or an experience that can bring you that sense of I'm centered. I'm grateful. I'm feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm neither too high or too low. I'm in my Goldilocks place, somewhere in the middle. How do you know what that feels like? If you can describe that in words. So contrast, my friend. <laughs> I believe that without contrast, it's, it's challenging to know where that place is. When someone comes to me and they're they're having a series of life events that are not pleasant or enjoyable. I empathize and I recognize where they're at. And then I also know that that experience for them is actually holding within the, the polarity experience, which is on the other side of the scale. But they're looking and they are entangled with the charge and the current of that experience. So if we can bring an awareness by asking certain questions, by introducing certain sounds to support movement, and they can see the other side, the polarity piece, which, spoiler alert, gratitude is oftentimes the primary uh, trajectory that allows for that transition to happen. Mm. Then they've now been able to shift from one point to the other, and they start forming better contrast of what's my range. And sometimes... 
when we go through a lower low, a more tragic event, yes, that's tar- that's that's a terrible feeling. But guess what? That's also done now. It's created the opportunity to experience the polarity of that, and that's a gift. But it can be challenging when things are difficult to ask someone, and how are you grateful for that right now? Because mm-hmm. they may not be. They may take a few, you know, hours, days, or weeks, or months, and then they can say, well, how am I grateful for the fact that my dear friend is no longer in physical form with me? Hmm. And then that opens up a new trajectory. And it looks at it as something in life happening for me versus something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's very empowering. It's fascinating that you share that because I, I have a similar belief. I think when I started to look at life with the gratitude as, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a primary driver, but it's definitely an important driver in my life. And I started to look at not just some of these events, but all of these events through the lens of what have they helped me see differently? Mm-hmm. What am I here to learn? Or what what am I grateful for? Why am I grateful for why this happened the way that it did? I started just in, I noticed an immediate shift to a point where now I consciously don't choose to go the other way. And that is not approach things through the lens of gratitude, not approach them through the lens of, yes, this might've happened. And as you described, it's a challenging circumstance, but what has it helped you see differently? And how has it changed your journey, your trajectory? And I kid you not, my life literally shifted. And it changed. And I started to look at, I just started to see things that I I haven't seen before. Oleg, I believe that within us somewhere, and it's not necessarily confined to the brain. Mm -hmm. It's as if there's always motion and there's always movement. Mm-hmm. And gratitude really course corrects and allows for a trajectory to invite more experiences that are fluid, enjoyable, um, positive, exhilarating, transformative, and so forth. So that when something does occur that maybe isn't what you wanted or what you hoped for, you can really feel the feeling instead of you know, drowning in it or yeah. worse, suppressing it and resisting it and bypassing it. And you immediately start to see the value, the gift, the opportunity that it's presenting, just like you've said. So this is where gratitude practices, gratitude journaling. I've even done some heart opening sound meditations where we spend almost an hour focusing on things that you're grateful for. You know, the, the thought of a person, a place, a thing, a color something about you, something physical about you, something about your character, all while inviting sound. And and it's amazing what people describe. They feel like their heart has blown in such size that it's considerably larger than the body, which it is in terms of its electromagnetic fields. Um, And it's a a very uh, powerful piece of medicine to do. So um, I'm really excited that this event that you referenced will be really focusing on that that key piece of medicine Mm -hmm. for people that don't have the equipment that you have 
where would you suggest that they go in order to get more exposure to such sounds? Their voice. I would honestly say to everyone watching this now or later, you are an instrument. You can certainly go to purchase tuning forks, singing bowls, didgeridoos, drums, bells, you name it, and have fun with that. And guess what? You have the most beautiful instrument in the world because that's who you are. And one of the most ancient techniques and practices in sound healing is vocal toning and mm -hmm. And we do it sometimes uh, innocently when we're humming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what if you added a specific intention with that and you played around with your pitch to notice, how do I feel when I make a sound that's more in the lower range, like mm, versus a higher range? Mm. And then as you get more comfortable, open your mouth, make the sound of a vowel and go through your vowels. You know, long vowel, short vowel, then add a consonant to it. And this is where, you know, people are very familiar with the use of chanting and, and meditation or yoga practices with the chanting of the word OM. And even just saying a word that like love, saying peace, joy, as you're singing and producing a sound. Oleg, that's honestly, in my belief, more than enough of what most people would be able to get value from mm -hmm. their choice to expand and go further is more more things to play with but never dismiss and disregard the value of the power of your own voice and how you can help heal yourself and bring harmony to yourself physically mentally and emotionally with the sounds that you're producing already wow you just added a whole different meaning to the whole concept of humming. I, I do it I do it daily. I do it multiple times a day. And there's sometimes <laughs> when I would do it and I notice myself doing it. And you are you're spot on. It, it does it can have the impact as far as changing one state, depending on the frequency of it. I found the same exact thing. And the other thing that I'll add on to it is I remember when I was first starting to become aware of it. I was still in a space where I was deeply concerned about what other people thought and especially things like humming that appeared to be abnormal behaviors in many of the settings. And so I stopped myself from doing it. And it wasn't until recently that I was able to redefine my own relationship with other people's thoughts and other people's opinions of me and judgment and anyone else that might come from it and I was able to step into it more and so now I'll, I'll do it anywhere it's a packed room or there's no one sitting there but that, that was a journey it was a journey that I had to go on to get to that point but I, I just I found it fascinating that you brought that up because I do it every single day <laughs> I think most people at some point in their life have mm -hmm. have done it uh, most people in private, absolute privacy, maybe in their shower when no one's listening. But good for you for, as you said, just starting to notice your relationship with that piece mm -hmm. and what it felt like to to do it in different settings. And yes, it's it's it can be a little bit of a process to um, be comfortable with yourself in that degree where you're not 
thinking or bothered in such a way by other people, places, and things. And uh, that's where the Four Agreements comes into play. The book by uh, um, Don Miguel Ruiz, which talks about, you know, don't take things personally. You know, what other people say and think has everything to do with them. It has nothing to do with you. How you respond to that, that says everything about you. Mm -hmm. That's been a big lesson within my life is really understanding that and knowing that every single person is on their own journey. So wherever it is that they're meeting you and however it is that they're responding to you, that is their journey. A hundred percent. Absolutely. What's the best way that people can connect with you, learn more about your work? For those that are watching, I will include your website here at the bottom. But for those that are listening, would you be willing to tell them different ways that that they can connect with you? Sure, absolutely. I actually have uh, a few meditation albums that people can listen to, and those are on Spotify. And so just simply by searching for my name, Carlos A. Perez DC, and like uh, meditation, you'll be able to find them and stream them. Um, but my website is one of the better ways for people to then start learning more about what I do, what I offer. And from there, you can access my other social media pages and YouTube channel. So back in motion, PLLC.com would be the easiest way. Carlos, thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of this and thank you for coming into my life. And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for Steve Gamlin for introducing the two of us. And I just look forward to what the future holds. This is just the beginning, Oleg. It truly is. I appreciate you, and I'm really grateful for the time uh, that you've uh, offered and the space that you're creating to allow us to be. Mm -hmm. And from that, the ripple effect that's created for those that are watching and listening. Uh, thank you so very much. I appreciate you. <laughs>Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of our latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review through Facebook, Google, or iTunes so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we we'll look forward to having you next time.